Hello, I'm Amber Athey, Washington editor of The Spectator, and I'd like to urge you all to give the gift of great writing this Christmas. The Spectator has a special Yuletide offer for Americano listeners. For $52, that's just $1 a week, you'll get a full subscription to The Spectator, which includes a beautiful monthly 88-page magazine and full access to our brilliant American website. We'll even throw in a free Parker pen so you can get scribbling yourself. Just go to spectator.us forward slash Christmas and subscribe. Have a very, very Merry Christmas from everyone at The Spectator. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and now the Joe Biden presidency. We will be looking at how a 78-year-old president will change America and we'll be asking if normalcy, which is what he promised to bring, has returned to American politics. The answer, of course, is no. I'm joined today by Jacob Harbrin, who is editor of The National Interest and perhaps our most frequent guest on Americano. Jacob, it's been a little while. Welcome back. Thank you, Freddie. A lot has happened since you were last on, namely, chiefly, the Electoral College uh, has just confirmed that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. So I thought we should ask or start by asking is Joe Biden a dino? And now for our British listeners, I should probably explain what I mean by that. I mean Democrat in name only, because he does seem to be governing so much from the centre that he's tipping into the centre-right and appealing very much to a sort of old-fashioned 90s, noughties republicanism. So, Jacob, is Joe Biden a dino? In many ways, he is. The, he could say that the party has left him. He has not left the party. Much as the neocons used to say in the 70s, and as the never-Trumpers say of the GOP, Joe Biden is being looked at with dagger eyes by the progressive left. One of the most fascinating developments in this post-election phase, before Biden actually assumes the presidency, is that He's come under unremitting attack from the left and from the proponents of identity politics. The various camps inside the Democratic Party, women, Asians, African-Americans, are all vying with each other to nab the top cabinet posts. And in fact, in private meetings with Biden, have expressed their dismay at his picks Quite interesting, isn't it, that Tony Blinken is Secretary of State, Jake Sullivan is National Security Advisor, Dennis McDonoghue will be head of the Veterans Administration, and so on. There are, in fact, quite a few of the dreaded white males in the Biden administration. So yes, it does look like back to the future for Joe Biden. Even privileged uh, white males, you could say. Yes. I mean, they, many of them... Blinken comes from actually a quite wealthy background. So, but I, there hasn't been a huge amount of controversy surrounding Blinken or Sullivan. But clearly, the position of attorney general, which remains open, is a real hot button issue for the Democrats. And it'll be interesting to see does Biden go back to his roots once again? 
Does he go to a law and order attorney general? Does he, or does he pick someone like Sally Yates? But even Yates would be controversial because she, while a woman, is also white. This is democratic identity politics come home to roost within the Democratic Party. With the more broader American population, it actually may serve Biden well. I think he's played his cards brilliantly during this transition and that in many ways, Trump has eased Biden's path to the presidency with his antics. Far from undermining Biden, I believe he has fortified his position. Well, let's get on to, to what Trump is doing in a second. But as far as Biden, the, the centrist, is concerned, he's made a few statements about how he's going to work with Republicans. It seems that his administration will be close to the, the, the Never Trump um, movement. This is something that could make him popular in Washington, but it's hard to see that being a successful electoral coalition looking ahead to the midterms. It's, it, am I right in saying there's, not a, there's not, a lot of, not a lot of votes in Bush era Republicanism? I don't think that he's trying to appeal to the Bush Republican. I think he's trying to maintain the coalition that brought him to victory. And that was suburban female voters, was a key element in the Biden coalition. The central promise of his campaign, and we don't know whether he can fulfill it or not, was that he would restore normalcy to America, that the squalls and storms of the Trump administration would be replaced by a beneficent calming breeze from the White House. Can Biden do this? His cabinet is pitched perfectly to be composed of pragmatic, not particularly controversial or even inspiring figures. On the contrary, people who are familiar with wielding the levers of government efficiently. Now, the ultimate conclusion here could be that it's clear that Biden has not constructed a team of rivals, but of copacetic individuals with none of them set to shine, is it in fact Biden who will surprise everyone by being a much more vigorous, hands-on leader than is widely expected? I've heard a lot of talk about that. Uh, I mean, people say he could be a a sort of FDR-type figure. But so far, his appointment, uh, Janet Yellen, as uh, Secretary of Treasury, um, suggests economically he's going to be fairly centrist too. There won't be perhaps the gargantuan spending that some people were expecting, that indeed his campaign promised. Even Roosevelt was in many ways quite cautious about spending. He tried to cut the budget deficit as soon as he could, which led to catastrophe in 1936. Mm. I don't think that Roosevelt was as radical as he was painted. What he came into office was he threw everything at the wall in desperation to see if something would stick. There was no grand master plan. Now, he had to restore confidence in the banks as quickly as possible. And he definitely tried to push for as much power. You know, the presidency became much more powerful under him. But Biden is an FDR figure. I'm skeptical. I think Biden is just has two things going for him. He's got a vaccine and he's got an economy that is probably poised to start booming again in April or May. 
And those two things could carry him a long way. I'm not sure that he's looking to push through a hugely innovative program of reforms. In fact, he knows that he has to work as far as he can with a Republican Senate. Radical ideas that were touted during the campaign, such as stuffing the Supreme Court, simply will not happen. I mean, one thing that will happen almost certainly is a Green New Deal, which will be hyped. Although I suppose we were promised this under Obama and it didn't happen, but it will be hyped as a world-changing program. Sure, and he also intends to hold some kind of meeting of democracies. Uh, I mean, these are more optics, I think. On the environment, it will be interesting to see. I think he's going to push for a deal with China. This is going to arouse a lot of controversy because John Kerry will be accused of trading away American national security in exchange for some kind of climate deal with China. And China is already moving to placate the United States on that front. The other big issue for Biden will be trade. He will try to roll back the Trump tariffs and reach a sweeping agreement with China to boost the farmers in the Midwest who are complaining vociferously about the damage that was incurred during the past four years to them. And how likely do you think it is that Biden, the internationalist, will carry out some sort of uh, humanitarian intervention in the early phase of his presidency? I don't believe it for a second. If Biden had appointed Samantha Power as Secretary of State and Susan Rice as National Security or the reverse, then you could make a plausible argument that there will be some kind of lurch into a war of liberation abroad. I don't think Biden has the slightest intention of doing that. His record shows that he wanted, he, was a, he opposed the surge in Afghanistan that took place under Biden, and he opposed the incursion into Libya. This is not someone who's going to be a wild-eyed interventionist. Added on top of that is the fact that the administration during this transition is almost single-mindedly fixated and focused on stopping the pandemic that is sweeping across the United States. To me, it is almost unthinkable that Biden would lurch into a foreign war. We've got you on the record there. I I am always on the record. And, you know, Freddie, I do feel prompted at this point to note that my prognostications about this election did, in fact, come true. I was an unswerving champion of Biden. And back to my article in before the South Carolina primary, predicting that Biden would win not only the primary, but also the presidency. You were right. I, I take my hat off to you. I eat humble pie if I have to. You were absolutely right. Uh, you did say landslide. I'm not sure it was quite a landslide. Well, if you use Trumpian verbiage, it was, because Trump claimed that his 306, which was exactly what Biden won, was a landslide. But I will defer to you on that point. Well, I mean, yes, I think and you made a good point earlier that Trump's antics, particularly the sort of ongoing contestation of the election, um, slightly ridiculous theatre of it all, are very beneficial to Biden because he's still managing to occupy enough media oxygen that people aren't looking at the already emerging cracks we're seeing in the Democratic coalition and the disgruntlement that we're already seeing about Biden. Because until Trump is gone, 
um, a lot of the media are just not going to be interested in covering Biden's problems uh, because it's problematic. That's right. I mean, Biden will have a honeymoon for a few months, but it is the case that the press is intrigued by these fights over identity politics within the Democratic Party. And that really is emerging as its Achilles heels. However, once Biden actually becomes president, delivers the inaugural address, he will get the honeymoon for several months. And I think the fact that there is a vaccine redounds greatly to his benefit. The big question for him will be how efficaciously he can distribute it across the broader population. But assuming that the death toll starts to shrink rapidly and businesses are able to reopen, we could be looking at a Biden boom. You sound quite confident about the uh, reviving economy. I mean, it would be very impressive. I mean, the American economy has already rebounded quite strongly from the uh, horrific shock that COVID caused. You, but, I mean, we're talking about enormous potential damage to the economy, ongoing damage to the economy. You sound pretty optimistic about a recovery by the second half of next year. Well, I definitely think there will be a recovery in, in certain sectors of the economy, the restaurant industry, the travel industry. Now, when it comes to commercial real estate and real estate in general, and then you have the debt overhang because we've been, we, you know, we're over 20 trillion in, in federal debt. I don't know. I mean, there, there are always dangerous things that could occur. But overall, at this point, I have to say I'm pretty bullish. And so is the stock market. The stock market anticipates what's going to happen. And maybe the stock market is in, in some kind of delirium. But I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of pent up demand. And the term that they use in China, it's called revenge consumerism. People are wiping out stores in China because they're so elated to be able to purchase things again. Something similar could happen in the United States. I also have to say that the United States has been counted out before. We periodically hear dire predictions about America's future. Heard them in the 1970s, then we heard them in the 1980s. You know, that the Vietnam War and inflation and high unemployment had taken out America. Then it was that Germany and Japan were going to replace us. I think there's a lot of life left in the good old United States. And would you give any credit for that to Trumponomics? No, I, I mean, I don't want to sound niggling, but I thought that Trump vastly inflated his accomplishments. First of all, the economy had already rebounded under Barack Obama. Then Trump passed his sweeping tax cuts, which further juiced the economy. But he was never able to achieve the kind of GDP growth that he had touted. I mean, the question for America is, are we going to be able to pr improve productivity in the future? How are we going to invest in the infrastructure of the country? Those are big questions. Trump, in my view, could have been a very successful president if he had come in right off the bat and outflanked the Democrats and said, yes, I will do a big infrastructure plan. I will rebuild this country. Instead, he behaved like a traditional Republican president, which is to say that he showered benefits on the plutocracy. Might, might the way ahead for Biden be 
to be uh, more of a Bernie Sanders Democrat than people were expecting on the economy, while he'll inevitably get into conflict with the identity politics crowd, because no matter how much identity politics he does, no matter how much, uh, how many picks he makes with his staff to sort of placate the identity politics brigade, they're never going to be happy with him. And the sort of radical left, the squad, AOC, are always going to be agitating against him. But he might be able to come up with a, a fairly sort of statist economic nationalism continuing on from Trump in some ways that would prove quite popular. Well, that's, that's quite interesting. He does talk about trying to improve the lot of the average American. And he hasn't, he says he won't rescind the China tariffs immediately. He also said that he thought getting rid of NAFTA was the right thing to do. You know, Biden is a agile and flexible politician. So I don't, there, certainly the, what you sketch out is possible. Of course, he'll also be driven by events. Again, if the economy is rebounding, I don't think that he'll be tempted to meddle that much. And what do you predict about his mental health? I realise it's mostly uh, unpleasant speculation from people like me, but it seems to me obvious that he is not always compass mentis and that that inevitably will get worse as he moves into his 80s. Perhaps I'm blind myself, but I really don't see any evidence of it. What strikes me is how fluent his thoughts are when compared to Trump. His speech last night was quite eloquent. His extemporaneous remarks, for the most part, seem to be coherent and focused. So I think the allegation of mental decline is, in fact, a right-wing talking point and a canard. Well, we'll move on from that horrible canard. Uh, Biden said last night he would, again, that he would be a unity president. He would bring this country together and to not underestimate him. Do you think he possibly can bring America together? We're so used to thinking of America now as bitterly divided. You're sounding optimistic. Are you optimistic about that? The the contrarian in me wonders if this thesis that America is so polarized is in fact outdated conventional wisdom. And that what if Biden is right, that there is this great mass in the middle that is more or less indifferent to politics I mean, one of the interesting things about Trump, and here I'll play contrarian again, is that for all the talk of his undermining democracy, he did animate a lot of people to go to political rallies and to to vote and to become interested in politics. Now, that is something new under the sun in America. But I wonder if the, the rear guard, what we call polarization, the Proud Boys, the last ditchers that showed up for the rally this past weekend in Washington, D.C. Is that really symptomatic of the broader population or is it a final spasm of loyalty to Trump? I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to reign in exile from Mar-a-Lago and exert total control over the Republican Party. He may, in fact, at this point, be a spent force. So I'll be very intrigued over the next year to see if the polarization that we're talking about evaporates. Well, that leads me on to uh, what I want to talk about next, which is whether, whether Trumpism, whether the Republican Party after Trump leaves 
the White House in January. Uh, it, I mean, it looks as though there is an America first rump that will remain, that will just not accept Biden uh, as a president. And it may be kooky and uh, led by some sort of crazies. But there seem to be quite a lot of people who are so angry about the election that they'll go along with it for a bit. Does Trumpism become a, a sort of rebel movement that refuses to um, accept uh, the, the executive power of the United States? Or does it uh, retreat, lick its wounds and come back? Or does it vanish entirely? Someone will try to capitalize on it. I mean, you already see Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, Marco Rubio all want to run in 2024. And Trump talks about running himself, though apparently, according to a new article in Politico, he himself is a a very mixed mind on that possibility. The the real question is, can Trumpism be divorced from Trump's theatrical skills? And there, I really wonder, someone like Tom Cotton or Marco Rubio, they just don't have the pizzazz of Trump. Trump's training as an impresario for decades, capped by his run on The Apprentice Show, really honed his skills to a level that uh, none of these other characters really possess. In that sense, he even exceeded Ronald Reagan, who, who also emerged from a, a, a world of theater. And I, I just don't see the Trump movement divorced from him. I think it will peter out. Uh, I don't think he'll be able to resist running again, assuming his health holds and um, he doesn't have some great other calamity befall him. I can't see him letting four years pass without feeling the urge to go back on the campaign trail. It would be a big risk because he wouldn't want to go down as a loser if, if in fact, it was a rematch with Biden and he lost badly. Trump, in retrospect, ran, you know, the, the first election, was he lucked out with, with Hillary Clinton as an opponent. The Democrats underestimated him. Biden didn't commit any of those mistakes. And to run as a challenger, it's obviously only been done once successfully by Grover Cleveland in the 19th century. For Trump, I think the, the, his priority is trying to maintain the family finances. So obviously, he will leave the possibility open. But I think it's very iffy if he runs again. But he'd win the Republican nomination if he chose to. It's hard to see how anyone could stop him doing that. He might. He, w- he would certainly be the odds-on favorite. But there are also now several years and other candidates will be positioning themselves to win that battle. And we don't know what the constitution of the Republican Party will be in two years. The Republican Party itself doesn't quite know where it's headed. Now, perhaps it will head into a much more right-wing position. But the other possibility is that Trump really does fade out over the next six months. And is a nostalgic memory for his adherence rather than a potent force in American politics. But doesn't, if Biden, as we were saying earlier, if Biden does hog the centre ground, even the centre right, and appeal to a sort of moderate Republican crowd, doesn't that force the Trumpist movement to uh, remain on the right 
and therefore to remain Trumpy? Well, some of this depends, too, on how Congress reacts to Biden. It's interesting that they're looking at, at a over one trillion spending bill right now. So there are exogenous forces that are propelling both the Democratic and the Republican Party in the direction of compromise. Biden is going to try and leverage that as much as he can in the first six months of his own presidency. And what will be Mitch McConnell's calculation? Will it be that he goes back to the Obama playbook where he refuses to cooperate with Biden at all? Or will they start cutting deals? Well, that will depend on what happens in the Senate and the Georgia races. I, it can happen either way. If, if Biden wins, or I shouldn't say Biden, if the, if the Democrats win the two Senate races in Georgia, that would be an absolute thunderclap for the GOP. And it would, that would trigger paroxysm of soul searching in Georgia of all places. Now, I still think the likelihood is that the GOP retains those seats. Well, Dan McCarthy wrote quite an interesting counterintuitive take um, for Spectator USA yesterday, I think it was, we published it. And he argued that Biden uh, will be weaker if he wins the Senate, if that, those two Senate seats and has therefore a Senate majority, because he will not be able to blame the Republicans for, for checking his progressive agenda. And therefore, he will immediately face splits um, to his left. I don't agree with Dan on that. I think what would occur is that Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who is a moderate to conservative Democrat, would hold the whip hand in the Senate, but that Biden would be vastly better off with a Democratic majority. Here's one reason. The Democrats would control the committees. It would, there would be no harebrained, or should I say, perpetual investigations of Hunter Biden or of the Biden administration, be much more difficult for the Republicans to torment the Biden administration. Now, one scenario that that could occur if the if the Democrats lose the House and Senate in the midterms is that Biden could be impeached. But that's two years down the road. Well, Jacob, finally, since your predictions have been so good of late, let's uh, let me ask you now, when do you think Joe Biden will stand down as president of the United States? I, I see two scenarios. One is that he steps down in the third year of his presidency to give Kamala Harris a real shot at winning in 2024. I'm pretty dubious that she can win an election without already serving as president against a Republican. The other one is and this may, may be even likelier, is that Biden really does go for a second term. That again, people are wildly underestimating his physical stamina and his ambition, his thirst for power. No one talks about that. He's always portrayed as this doddering old man. In fact, to me, he has proven that he's a canny, wily, an extremely ambitious politician who's finally gotten the position that he's craved for decades. So you think he could be president at 86 years old? Absolutely. Well, Jacob, great talking to you as always. And let's talk more in 2021. Thank you, Freddie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. Thank you.